Today, let's just talk, you and I. We need to discuss the creative process, but I want to share some things with you first. Some things like my favorite turnaround client and what I learned. Why my philosophy about photography was at odds with Canon. What I learned when my cousin passed away a couple years ago. Why seeing the forest for the trees is backwards. What's wrong with the first place? And what does all of this have to do with us taking great photos? Stick around. We'll talk. Hi there, Canon friends. Welcome to the EOS Photographer Podcast. If you are learning photography using your Canon gear, you're in the right place. Here, we speak with great photographers and extract practical lessons for you. From Rebels to 5Ds, the gear you own is the gear we'll feature. Now, here's your host, Linford Morton. Welcome to the EOS Photographer Podcast, episode 113. Hi, this is Lynn, and this is the podcast for Canon photographers. This is where we learn our DSLR and learn how to use it to change our world. I am so glad you're with me today because we're going to have some fun. It's going to be a little different. Today, we're just going to talk, just you and I. Now, I had originally thought that I would use this week's episode to begin teaching on how to use your DSLR. This was a class I'm working on, and I thought I'll start by sharing some of what we would cover and teach one of the lessons for this episode. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know what? If I go straight to the camera and start teaching there, I'd really be doing you a disservice. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to back up a bit and we're going to talk about the creative process and you'll see why it will work much better when you start to think about taking pictures with your camera. You'll see what I mean next. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. You know, I was going through my Audible library and I realized that I had learned a lot on this platform over the years. I've listened to more than 100 books on Audible. Yep, I counted them. And they cover everything from politics to business to spirituality. You know, it's been an incredible tool that I've used to invest in myself. The author Jim Rohn, one of the books I read on Audible, he counsels that you should work harder on yourself than you do on your work and your job if you want to be the best. This is why I use Audible whenever I'm in learning mode. And now I'd like to offer it to you. Audible can help you with a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. You have more than 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For the EOS Photographer family, of course, you can claim your free audiobook download and free 30-day trial so that you have an opportunity to check out their service. To claim it, go to audibletrial.com forward slash EOS Photographer. 
Do you ever feel like just screaming when you download photos from a shoot and you realize that you were on the shoot and you wasted so much time fidgeting with your camera rather than shooting that you missed a lot of shots? And the photo that you did get that you thought would be the money shot, you'd go broke if you showed that to anybody and tried to sell it. To make things worse, everyone else on the same shoot is posting all these amazing images. And the whole experience leaves you wondering, okay, is it me? What am I doing wrong? Why don't I see these things? And why can't I create the images that I think I'm seeing in my head? Well, if this sounds like you, I created a lesson for you that I planned to begin teaching today. But then the more I thought about it, the more I felt that to really help you, we have to deal with a few issues before we even touch the camera. When I worked at Canon, my philosophy about photography was sometimes at odds with theirs. I remember once I was on a workshop and we were all out shooting and teaching. And I try to mill around and help a bit when they're teaching, even when I'm not the primary teacher. And I found myself saying to an attendee who was struggling with a photograph, stop looking at your camera. Your camera isn't important right now. Just put it down. And I think I almost heard an audible gasp from my colleagues. And I get it. When we're with Canon and we're teaching photography, our ultimate goal is to sell cameras. So you would never say the camera isn't important right now. But my calling is not to sell cameras. My calling is to help you take your Canon DSLR and create the images you'd be proud to show, share, or sell. To make us all the kinds of photographers who can use our images to change our world. But that process begins long before we touch the camera. Before we get started, I want to let you know where I'm coming from and how I think about photography and photographers. When we are photographers, we are creators. And I don't want to make this too grandiose, but photography is more than just snapping pics to me. We're creating. As a photographer, we all have the power to create. And and it's and it's really literal. We're we're creating where something does not exist, you can make something tangible. And it's something that will be there long after you're gone. Something that can touch someone. Something that can teach them. Make them angry. Make them feel love. Make them remember. Make them think. You get to create all of that. Any of that. If you choose to. And so the first step is to think about what you're doing as creating. We're creating an image. And you get to decide what do you want it to say and what do you want it to do? You know, it's interesting because there are times when you don't really think about your pictures as really doing a service like that. And I'm reminded of an experience I had with one of my cousins who was sick with cancer and uh, She was in her last moments, and it was in New York, and I live close to the city. So when we heard that she was getting close, I went to the hospital to be with my family. 
And we're all standing around and it's getting close. And at some point she passes and a whole lot of us are in the room. And as you can imagine, all of us in the room are incredibly sad and we are all just, you know, going through this together. But her sister, my cousin who passed away, her sister couldn't make it. She was still stuck in Atlanta. And from Atlanta, she didn't know what was going on. And it's so interesting because when I went into the room and everything was going on, I thought about taking my camera and I thought, oh, that's just too, that's too much. Like you wouldn't want to go in there and you know, interrupt such a personal moment with a camera. That's just too gorish. Yeah. But I'm standing in there as we're going through everything and I reach into my pocket, I pull out my iPhone and I just snapped a picture of the room and texted it to her. And oh my God, she said, oh, thank you so much. I'm sitting here and I'm feeling so disconnected. I'm feeling all alone and lonely and I want to be there so bad and I can't be there. And it, it helped me so much to at least see the room and see what was going on. So I started doing more. I, I took some more pictures. I took pictures around the room and I sent them to her and I kept taking pictures and sending them to her. And she almost wept when she thanked me later for doing that. And, you know, I think about that situation because at the moment I thought to myself, my pictures would be an imposition. They would get in the way. Like, that's not something I would want to do because, you know, who am I to be disrupting with photographs? But it turns out that the photographs ended up communicating to someone who could not be there what was going on. It ended up providing comfort to someone who could not participate. And they ended up telling a story of what was going on when someone felt disconnected. And sometimes we don't think about our photographs as having that kind of power, but they do. All right, so enough of that preaching. There's a reason they say a picture is worth a thousand words. I'm reminded of a quote. In the hands of an artist, a camera is a powerful instrument. The camera has the power to teach, to show, to change minds, indeed, to change the world. This is from Kendra Okalita and Sarah Wilkerson from Click Magazine. I loved that quote. And that quote is part of the reasons why I now use in my tagline that we can use our DSLR cameras and photographs to change our worlds. We don't have to change the world. That's a bit much. But in our own small circles, we can change small things with our images. Now, how do we get there? Let's talk about the creative process. I'm reminded of my favorite turnaround client. And it's so interesting because I was teaching a workshop and I had an attendee and I could tell he was very, uh, he, he was probably an engineering type, you know, very literal. Give me the four steps to get there. Give me four repeatable steps. I'll repeat them. I'll do it. And I'll, then I'll produce my result like a chemist would. So he, we're standing there and we're looking out at, at the scene. And he says to me, what should I photograph? What settings should I put into my camera? And he's staring at his camera, clutching it and waiting for me to tell him what he should do. And I said, I don't know. It depends. Well, 
that answer frustrates someone who's looking for something very specific and tangible and, and tell me the recipe now. And I'm like, there is no recipe. First of all, I, and this is the first time I did this, I said, quit looking at your camera, put your camera down. Because before I can help you, you need to do a couple things. And that's the process we're going to talk about today. Now, it's interesting. We did these, these, we, t- I took him through this process, this creative process, and he, he worked it a couple times. And by the end of the workshop, he was taking great images on his own. He was moving around and he was seeing things and he was shooting and he was capturing things. And it was really these amazing images. And he was so surprised of, at what he could do. And, It's really cool because he was asking me, but when you're really in the zone, you ask yourself the questions. You don't ask anyone else. And I'll tell you what I mean by that later on. So let's talk about the creative process. I think the process of creating great images happens in three phases. One, vision, what you see. Two, the imagination or your ideas of what you can create. And then three, the technical translation, bringing it to life, you and your camera. Now, too many photographers only focus on the technical translation. And then they wonder why our photos are not interesting. Because if you're only focused on being technically proficient, you miss something that makes your photography fun and interesting and memorable. The best photographers I know have mastered the first two, vision and imagination. And in fact, there are a lot of photographers I know who are very basic with their cameras, who really have not mastered their cameras like like some of the experts, but they turn in great images because they've mastered the first two. Now, I think when you've mastered all three phases, you can then go into any situation and create something special. And that will always separate you from the amateurs and the people who just picked up their camera yesterday and are going out there and just pointing and shooting. You know, a lot of times people complain that, you know, today anybody can be a photographer. And I, I disagree. I think the people who stand out are people who have a unique combination of great vision, great imagination, and the ability to translate what they see and feel through the camera. Let's talk about these elements. Vision first. There's a saying, you can't see the forest for the trees. Have you ever heard that? You can't see the forest for the trees. And when I think about that, I think it's backwards for photography. In photography, your frustration comes when you see the forest and not the trees. You look and you see a big forest just, and you see it as one big blob. And I think as a photographer, you should be looking at the trees, at the patterns of the trees and in the trees, of the colors and the texture of the trees, of the sizes and shapes of the trees. You should be looking for the tree, like which tree stands out? Which tree is your eye drawn to first? Which tree can you build a a unique story or photo around? So 
when you see a forest, the forest is great at all, but look at the trees. And that's the first part of vision. It means that you are starting to take visual inventory of all the elements in your scene. What are the parts of the whole? We used to do this when I taught uh, a class on abstract photography. We would take one thing and we would say, let's dissect this. What is it made of? What are the colors? What are the lines? What are the textures? What are the, where's the light fall? Just, just, just rip it, rip, rip it to part. Not literally, of course, but in terms of the elements, let's just break it down and see what do we see within it. And, and when we start looking at things like that and start taking the visual inventory, we then can start to do our own analysis of all these things. What strikes you as more interesting? What is there that shouldn't be there? What, sh what should be there that isn't? You know, what's interesting to you? What's consequential? When you look at it, what makes you say, I want to tell somebody about this later? When you see those kinds of things, you have the elements to now start to begin to build your photograph around. Because you're looking for the one thing that's going to be the most important in this frame. That's your subject. That will end up being your subject. Because without knowing your subject, I can't give you any guidance about what settings to use, what lens to choose with anything, because I don't know what you're shooting. But you, as the photographer, you have to choose this subject. And anytime you have a photograph and you look at it, and you go, this doesn't do anything for me. It's kind of boring. Ask yourself, what's the subject? You know, we used to do this in workshops all the time. Anytime someone brought me a photograph and said, I don't know if I like this. Can you tell me what I did wrong? And nine times out of 10, I would say, what's your subject? And it'd be an awkward silence that follows. Huh? Well, I thought it would be this and no subject singular. What's your subject in this photograph? Well, okay. Maybe they'll tell me my subject is this. How would I know that by looking at your photograph? Hmm. See, these are the things that lead to great photographs. And it begins with the simple process of you going through the vision of saying what's interesting and what's important and picking something that you think is going to be the most important part of the photograph. Because it's not just about picking a subject. It's about picking a subject that's interesting. It's, it's about picking a subject that somebody will care about. It's about not picking a photograph, picking a subject that makes me say, so what? But that's a, that's a whole different topic for later on. So you are learning when you learn to see, you're learning to take visual inventory of what's around you. And you're learning to dissect it and you're learning to look for what might be the most interesting thing or approach in the scene in front of you. Now, here's the cool part. You don't need a camera to do this. As a matter of fact, I think you should do this whenever you don't have a camera. I do this when I'm just walking around. If I'm just, 
you know, taking a walk with the dog or, you know, just somewhere going through the mall, just anywhere I am, I, I'm looking and I'm practicing seeing, meaning I'm looking and I'm taking visual inventory of all the things, the features of everything I'm looking at and thinking to myself, where would be, where would I have a good picture in that? Where would I have a good picture in that? What would be a good photograph there? You don't need your camera to do this, but what you can do when you don't have your camera is practice doing this so that you start to build that skill and that muscle of looking and seeing, seeing what's there beyond what's obvious, the forest, seeing what's there. What's, hey, look at that tree. That's interesting. Look at that knot. Look at that, you know, the way it's growing. Look at, you know, the leaves. Look at that. Huh. Practice doing that. So now you're practicing seeing. Because vision is the first skill you'll need. So when 10 photographers stand and and look at the same scene and everybody points their camera at the obvious thing, you will have looked around and found something that's not so obvious that everyone didn't notice because you've practiced looking and looking and looking until you see something else that's interesting. Okay, that's how you build your vision. And you do that because I can't help you take a photo until I know what you see, until I know what you want to photograph. So vision is the first skill you need to master. Looking and seeing and seeing from everything in front of you, what's it made of, what's most interesting there, and then what might make the most interesting photograph. Okay. Now, once you have that, then your imagination kicks in. And that's the second phase and the second part of the process. Because what you see doesn't have to be what you get. Because what we get to do with the magic of photography is now begin to create things that might not be obvious to the naked eye. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you that In most cases, what you see shouldn't be what you get. You can start with what you see, and with some creative touches, you can make something even more memorable. You know the saying, you don't have to eat the whole elephant with one bite? Well, you don't have to photograph the whole elephant with one exposure. You can photograph a piece of the elephant. You can photograph the tusk. You can photograph the ear. You can photograph the front half. You can photograph from the front. You can photograph from the back. We're talking about imagining all the different ways to see this that might be interesting. Now, this falls into probably more compositional topics, but it is important in in you creating and your creative process. Because what you can, what you see is interesting, but the really great photographers They get creative with lighting in composition, and they use those to really bring their vision to life. So how can you build your creative imagination? This is where people get stumped and they go, I'm not born creative. I'm not creative. I can't think of these kinds of things on my own. And and you know what? It's a muscle. Like anything else, it might might not come naturally to you, but you can build it. And it starts by building a visual database, 
So it starts by looking at a lot of pictures. Because when you look at a lot of pictures, you build this visual database of all these ideas. And you'd be surprised that when you arrive at that elephant and you've looked at, you know, a thousand pictures of elephants, you will scroll through them quickly and you'll recall something that will make you think, you know what? I remember someone approached it like this. I'll try that and then do something different. Okay? So it gives you a different starting place. You have more to pull from, from this visual database. So look at lots of pictures, and that helps you get there. And then, of course, we'll, you'll have to take a lot of pictures. I don't mean snapping your DSLR shutter 100,000 times or whatever the rating is for your camera. I mean, even if you're taking a photograph of one subject, practice shooting a lot of it. We we used to do this drill on one of my creative workshops where we would take one subject, one subject that we can approach and we can we can you know walk 360 degrees around it, we'd find something like a bench, right? And I'd say, take a hundred different images of this bench. One hundred different images of this bench. Go. And of course people go, whoa, a hundred images, wow. And so and then you start off and you, the first 10 are the obvious ones. You, you stand, you point the camera down at it, boom, 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 boom. Okay, what else can I do? And then you start thinking, hmm, maybe I should go from a different angle. And that's when you start, you know, putting the camera low and looking up. Maybe I should get in closer. And then you start, you know, you know, cropping into it. Oh, look at that. There's some patterns in the bench. Oh, and that's when you start photographing the patterns. Oh, look, there's some interesting curves here. And, and, photographing the same thing 100 times forces you to look like we talked about in vision, but also forces you to now think of different and more creative ways of approaching it. You get there by taking these and building that visual database of the pictures you've seen and the ones you've created, even when you are stretching yourself beyond what you thought was comfortable. The other way you get there is by thinking about what story you want to tell. So one of the things you can do when you look at and you at a scene and you begin to think, okay, I need to take a photograph here. You ask yourself, what's the story? Like what's in, in what's the story you want to tell? What do you want to say with this photograph? And you'd be surprised if you forced yourself to create a story about the image you're going to take, you'd be surprised how many options you can come up with and how many creative ideas you'd get about shooting so that you could tell the story you've just imagined. It's interesting, the Canon Collective in Australia, they have this really cool video, and I'll try and find it and link it on the show notes, but they created this really cool video where these photographers were all going in to photograph a person. And the person, all three photograph, all three were going to photograph, told each of them a different story about who he was to see how it would influence the way they photographed him. And sure enough, based on the story he told them, they all photographed him differently. See, the story we hear and the story we want to tell will 
influence the way we approach the shot. We used to do this literally. There was a spot in uh, or in Washington D.C. around the the Vietnam Veterans Memorial, and there was this this memorial of three soldiers, just sort of each of them holding a weapon, standing and looking. And we would stand there, and I would we would create twenty different stories about what's going on. They are returning from war triumphant. They're going in. They don't want to go to war. They're just tired. And there's, and we would create all these very different, different stories. Oh, this is about the weapons. This is about the boots. This is about the, and then we would go and try and take a photograph to tell that story. And it's interesting how many different ways we photographed one statue because we applied different stories to it. So telling yourself, what story do I want to tell? It's another way you can get that imagination going. Now, you do all these things, and over time, your database of ideas and images will grow. And now, once we get the vision and we get the creative ideas going, now, now, you just have to learn how to make that work with your camera. This is where the technical translation comes in. This is where you pick up the camera and then ask the question, how do I make this work? This is when you can make good decisions about what settings to choose and what lens to use and where you stand. Because sometimes where you stand can be more important than the settings you choose. You can make these great decisions with your camera Once you have vision and you see and you can see something that you want to photograph and once you have an idea of how you want to create it. And this is where we'll pick up our lesson next. Well, that's it for another episode. Thank you for our chat. And I hope I shared something that would be helpful for you on your journey so that you know when you are about to take a photograph how to navigate through the three phases, or at least two of the three phases, and we can begin that work. Remember, we can begin it this week by practicing your vision and and your imagination. Everywhere you walk, with or without a camera, you can practice just looking and dissecting and trying to practice seeing the tree in the forest and which tree in the forest, and what's unique about the tree in the forest. Wherever you go this week, just practice looking and, and practice seeing what's interesting. And then once you see something that's interesting, start thinking about, okay, what, what could I do creatively to make this even a more interesting photograph? So these are things you can think about. Then next time, we'll begin talking about the camera. I haven't reminded you in a while, but please remember to first subscribe. Go to eosphotographer.com forward slash subscribe, and you can find a link there to subscribe either through Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts now, as it's going to be called, or you can just subscribe on the website, just subscribe and I'll send you an email every time there is a new episode. I usually send it at the end of the week, just so you have something to take with you into the weekend. All right. And then rate and review. If you love us, go to 
go to iTunes and leave an honest rating and review and let everyone know what you love about the podcast. All right, that's it. Thank you so much again. And for those of us in the United States, have a happy 4th of July weekend. And I'll talk with you next week. Until then, let's go create something amazing. Take care.